are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here's y'all on a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans, opening night of the season, taking on the Tampa Bay Toronto Raptors um, later tonight. I can't wait for this. I know you're excited. We're going to talk about this. We're going to preview this game with Sean Woodley of Locked On Rappers, Raptors. I had a conversation with him for his show. Going to run part of it here, too, because we really preview the game tonight. Well, before we do that, though, I want to talk some defense to start the show off before we transition to all of that. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced in Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. So before we talk to Sean Woodley of Locked On Rappers and preview tonight's game, I want to talk a little bit about the defense. And this comes with the caveat that it was preseason. Pelicans are 10-0 in their past 10 preseason games. Clearly, that is not re- reflective or predictive of what the regular season is going to look like. But it's still worth looking at some of this. And then I'll explain why some of these numbers maybe aren't the best ones to use, but let's point them out. The big thing with the Pelicans this year is going to be about deterring shots at the rim, not giving up a ton of looks in the restricted area. You want to try and force mid-range shots, which tend to have the lowest shooting percentage. Teams tend to shoot the best in the restricted area right at the rim. That can kill you. The Pelicans, while being decent at defending it last year, in terms of field goal percentage, gave up a lot, the most in the league in the restricted area at the rim. That's not going to get it done this year, and Stan Van Gundy's defenses are known historically for kind of ranking in the top five, ideally, in fewest shot attempts at the rim. So how did the Pelicans look in their two preseason games? Well, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag when you look at the opponent's shot profile, which is something we're going to be looking at a lot this year. So in terms of restricted field goal, or in terms of restricted field goals attempted, they were not the worst. In fact, they were not the best. They actually ranked 13th. So when they're in the top half of the league, 24 shots at the rim per game against the Pelicans. Teams made that at a, made it two-thirds of the time, 66.7% of the time. That puts them at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, sorry, seventh. Seventh worst in terms of shots at the rim. But if you're limiting those opportunities, it doesn't hurt nearly as bad if you're giving up a high percentage of it. That's going to be probably about right, I think, and something that can improve. They definitely want to deter that more because if you have a bad night defending or forcing misses, you're going to get burned pretty hard in this league. So it's an area that, based on these numbers and what we saw in the preseason, 
isn't bad. You know, just not letting teams get in there and take shots, I think, is a good thing overall. So I'm pretty happy seeing that number, even if the field goal percentage is a little bit higher. We know it's going to take time for Zion to really become a good defender. That's going to be part of it um, and should improve some of that. In terms of in the paint, but not in the restricted area, the Pelicans are very good at deterring this. They're the fifth best team in the league at limiting those shot attempts in preseason. They're two games. Only 10 shot attempts per game in the paint, but not in the restricted area against the Pelicans. Team shot out a 45% clip there. This is a slightly misleading number. You're like, oh, they're not in the paint. They're not shooting. That's good, right? Yes and no, because teams tend to not shoot well in this. I think part of it is you can't elevate too, too well sometimes here. You're closer to bigs who can contest shots a little bit easier. You often need to go with a higher arcing shot since you're closer to the rim. Teams can kind of maybe swat it away a little bit simpler. There's there's a number of problems in this area that teams have. They tend to not shoot well. So seeing that the Pelicans are limiting shot attempts there, it's great. I'm happy that they're at least limiting it, right? But this is almost one of those areas you kind of want teams shooting. If it becomes a choice between restricted area or in the paint, you'd rather stop them from getting those extra couple of feet closer to the rim where the field goal percentage jumps exponentially. So while they're limiting it somewhat here, it probably means that guys are still getting to the rim greater than what you would like. You'd like to see a bigger number of field goal attempts for your opponent in this area. The area you want to see the most field goal attempts per game is in that mid-range area. So outside of the paint, inside the three-point line, even if if they're open in general, this is not an efficient shot. The Pelicans are not doing a good job of forcing teams to take shot attempts in the mid-range. Utah Jazz are the best at this. 23.7 per game. Boston Celtics number two, 23 shot attempts per game. Pelicans by comparison, only nine. That is not many. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh worst in the league in terms of that. And teams hit them well against the Pelicans at, at 50%, but they're not really taking those. They're driving and attacking or they're willing to settle from the three-point line. The Pelicans need to force an increase in mid-range jumpers against them. If teams are shooting them at 50% seems good, but it's not nearly as good as shooting 66.7% against them in the restricted area. You need to force them into mid-range shots where these are largely the most inefficient shots in the league. Preseason pals, not the greatest at that. In terms of three points, um, three pointers, Pelicans are giving up a lot, but they're defending them well. This is where there's some noise, and this is probably the toughest one to read on what's going on. In terms of above the break threes, the Pelicans are giving up the fifth most in the league, almost 34 attempts per game, but teams are shooting just 25.4% against them. By teams, I mean two teams, and this is where large sample size comes into play or small sample size comes into play. The... Miami Heat went ice cold against New Orleans for a stretch in the second, third, and fourth quarters, really, where their offense just kind of stalled. That's why we saw that good defensive rating for Nicolo Melli, if you've listened to past shows and you understood why that defensive rating and why he had the highest plus-minus on the team in that game wasn't reflective of his actual value. This is something here, too, and it's something to keep an eye on. Does that number, that percentage, go up or down? If it goes up and the Pelicans are still giving up that many open three-point attempts or three-point attempts, they're going to be in trouble because teams are going to bomb away, make them, you're going to get buried under an avalanche of three-pointers. If that number is real, and I'm not inclined to believe that it is, and this is a small sample size thing, then 
Great, actually. Then they're a good three-point shooting team, or defending uh, the, the good team that defends the three-point shot. I said that all wrong. Anyway, I don't know if that's the case. I'm a little bit worried about giving up so many attempts from beyond the arc. That is something we're also going to keep an eye on throughout the season. Was this just their opponents missing, or was them? Was this actually them contesting well? I think it's more the former than the latter, which leads me to say, and you'll hear more of this in the discussion with Sean, I'm... I think you're going to see an improved defense to start the year, but I think it's going to take a little bit for them to get going. And if, look, they jump to the middle of the pack this year overall, I'm going to be happy with that kind of progression. But I wouldn't necessarily expect to jump into the top 10 based on these numbers that we're seeing from preseason. So we'll get into my conversation with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors here in just a second. But before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Are you ready for some football, for some NBA? It's deep into bowl season now, or just getting started in bowl season, meaning whatever's left of bowl season. You're going to have more time to bet on it. The NBA is just underway. It's getting exciting. He and I are actually going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, and the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. And if you want to bet online, there is only one place that has you covered and only one place that I trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% uh, um, uh, 50% welcome bonus. That is basically free money they're giving you right there to bet on more games and then make even more money. And it's a great way to go about doing that. Maybe pay for the holidays a little bit. They have the NFL game of the week. They have everything you could want for college football and the NBA as well. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and a handicap and expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast today brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's jump into a conversation with Sean Woodley, who hosts the Locked On Raptors podcast. We preview a little bit of tonight's game. We're going to have a kind of wide-ranging conversation on a couple things, so let's dive right into it. All right, Jake, fire away. Give me some uh, some good Raptors questions for me to answer <laughs> for the fine Pelicans fan folks out there. Yeah, so look, we, we kind of kind of know this team, right? It's it's largely somewhat the same, I think, in terms of the key players as the team last year. Um, but what's you know, it, I, I'm curious about Nick Nurse and his approach to it, and he seems to be an innovative coach. First and foremost, do you think he's capable of kind of keeping some of the magic that he showed last year and carrying that over to this season? You know, they, they were good last year, second in the East, losing Kawhi Leonard and still managed to pull it off. They had an unbelievable run around the middle of the year where they looked like one of the better teams in the league. How do you kind of keep that going? Or is it just kind of as simple as, yeah, we're just going to run it back and do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I think, a little bit more difficult for them to craft, like, you know, lineups that Nick Nurse really trusts just because you lose Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol, who were so vital, and they just basically got 48 minutes of good center play in every game, which is very handy and nice to have, and I'm sure, <laughs> like, the Pelicans would love, and I'm sure lots of teams would love. It, it was a real luxury to have those two guys. You know, they bring in Aaron Baines, who I think will be perfectly serviceable in 20 to 25 minutes a game. I don't think you can expect much more from him because he's never played more than 22 minutes a game before, uh, you know, last year. Where the, last year he played 22, it was his first time over 20 a game. And so I, I think it's going to be a bit of a committee at center and how they construct lineups around that, I think, will will be a really interesting thing because I don't think they're just going to go with like a strict 
you know, center rotation. I think we'll see a lot of, you know, Chris Boucher, who's more of a power forward than a center. I think we're going to see OG Ananobi play a ton of center for the Raptors this year. He was really good playing that spot in the playoffs last year. Their small lineup that they played most of the important minutes against Boston with of Kyle Lowry, Fred VanVleet, OG at center with Pascal and Norman Powell in there, that lineup held Boston to like 83 points per 100 possessions defensively. They were ridiculous. They had trouble scoring, but they outscored Boston by like six points per 100 in those minutes. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of creativity for that reason. I mean, Nick Nurse is pretty good coach for that sort of man. thing. Yeah, he's like, it, that's whole, his whole thing. He's like, all right, box and one, sure, why? not let's try this high school defense in the literal nba finals and hey it worked crazy um you know i I feel like we're gonna see a lot of experimentation a lot of small ball a lot of deandre benbury playing the four like it's gonna be kooky and weird we're gonna see like multi-point guard lineups the raptors have malachi flynn as their incoming first round pick who looked really good in the preseason not sure how much we'll see of him on wednesday night because i feel like he's probably a little bit further down the rotation but if i had my druthers he'd be like the seventh man right now and it's just it's gonna be a lot of mix and match there's gonna be a lot of like very bizarre lineup combinations but the thing about the raptors is They have Kyle Lowry, who drives winning pretty much no matter who he's playing with. You can put him with four scrubs, and, you know, like, as we record on the 22nd, it's literally a one-year anniversary of when Kyle Lowry led a 30-point comeback against the Mavs with 14 minutes left, featuring a lineup of Terrence Davis, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, Malcolm Miller, and Chris Boucher. And so, Yeah, like, some of those names, the casual people are like, who is that? Exactly. And so, you know, Kyle is going to drive winning. There's... I mean, people get surprised by the Raptors winning every year, uh, you know, 50 games. It's because Kyle Lowry's on the team. He drives winning like very few players have in the NBA over the last decade. And with him, with Fred VanVleet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, you have good tandems you can like stagger together. Like I think we'll see a lot of, you know, Kyle plus OG or Fred plus Pascal or whatever kind of on the floor at all times. And around that, you can put in all these little bizarro pieces like Bembry or Boucher or, you know, Patrick McCaw is going to play a ton because Nick Nurse loves him for some reason. Uh, Malachi Flynn, hopefully. And they have like 15 guys who could theoretically get rotation run at some point this season. So, yeah, it's going to be even more of Nick Nurse being on his Nick Nurse bullshit, I would think, because he just loves to get creative and weird and you know he's not afraid to be wrong and he's going to have a lot of opportunities to potentially be wrong but maybe be right quite a bit as well this year too so does that help the pelicans it being the opening game that maybe things are a little bit flukier a little bit funkier you're going to see some weirder lineups and you know based on what you're saying there it sounds like if they're going to commit to maybe some more of that small ball type of stuff um, losing both Ibaka and Gasol, which are big losses for him, that maybe they struggle to score a little bit at times. Yeah, I think, you know, that was their problem last year. Their half-court offense really bogged down. And, I mean, Gasol was a big problem in that in the postseason because he uh, refused to shoot, and when he did, he was way off, and he was just not right. He looked he totally looked washed, bad right? at times. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ibaka is a huge loss because... You know, this team is so unselfish. They play such a sort of, you know, read and react, everybody touches the ball type of style that you can kind of get into the point where you need someone to just be selfish. And Serge Ibaka was that. He would just, you know, catch a ball at 18 feet away and say, oh, all right, I'll shoot it if no one else will. And it was a nice little security blanket that the team had. 
And so, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. I would not expect this team to put up like a top 10 offense this year. I think they're probably looking at their formula for success being another top three defense. They were number two last year and probably trying to squeak into the top half in offense. And look, there could be some growth from guys like Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi. You know, OG seems like he's primed for a bit of a breakout. He just got his extension. And, you know, there have been flashes, you know, behind the back dribbles, between the leg dribbles and stuff like that in the preseason, sort of you know, juxtaposed with him bouncing off his foot three times and a half, right? So it's <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a lot of trial and error on that side, side of things. But I, I think there are some some things they can do to get a little bit creative, which includes having Chris Finch on the staff, who was with the Pelicans last year, of course, and mm-hmm. is now with his buddy Nick Nurse. All right, so more to come with Sean on tonight's game between the Pelicans and the Raptors. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you by Built Go. We all hit a wall eventually, and you've got to break through that wall, and Built Go is here to help you do it. It is ounce and a half energy gel packages that are easy to carry with you in your back pocket, your briefcase, your golf bag, whatever it is, and it's there to help you break through that mental or physical wall every single day. Built Go is the best energy gel out there on the market, whether it's for work, your workout, what have you, it's the best one. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, and it's natural, so it's just better for your body. It's like drinking one of those oddly colored energy drinks with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors in peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. And that collagen protein is fast absorbing. So it gets into your system quicker. It's filled with great stuff to help you ignite your workout or your work, including beta alanine, uh, B3 honey, caffeine, B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily dose of B12. So it's got great stuff in there to help you out with whatever it is you need to break through that day. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED for 20% off over at BuiltGo.com. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. And more people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time to continue my conversation with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors and preview tonight's game. All right, Jake, let's take a look at tonight's game. BetOnline.ag has the Raptors as four-point favorites at quote-unquote home in New Orleans <laughs> or in Tampa Bay. Sorry, I'm getting it all screwed up. Who that, Who knows where they're playing? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> they are four-point favorites They're playing, playing in the, the hockey arena. They should feel like right at home, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, except it's a good hockey team that plays in that arena and, and not uh, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, which we don't need to get into. Listen to Locked on Leafs with Mike DiStefano. Go check it out. Anyway, uh <laughs> <laughs> that plugs out of the way. Good, yeah, you're you're like a pro here. <laughs> hey, look, man, it's a uh, it, it, it's a family. We need to support our friends. Anyway, yeah. uh, Raptors are four point favorites over the Pelicans. Uh, I once Jake, I, I used to make bets like for every game and uh, ended up being very terrible at it. But I'm ready to reignite it with our friends Bet Online being with the network now. Um, what are you feeling about this line? What do you uh, what do you got? Uh, Pelicans covering, winning. You got the Raptors. What do you got? You know, I, I don't know. Like, this season's so weird, right, to start the year. I, I want to buy into <laughs> what I saw in preseason, but I've learned. The Pelicans are 10-0 and in their last 10 preseason games, and we've seen kind of how that works out. So I don't put much stock into preseason anymore, like, at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this defense is actually improved. I'm not worried about them scoring. I'm worried about them getting stops, and I don't think they are there yet. So four points sounds about right. 
you know, I think home court advantage kind of goes out the wayside, especially for the opening game, right? You know, it's one thing during the middle of the season, even when there's no fans there, to be able to sleep in your own bed, not have to get on a plane, then get there, then play and all of that. It's the opening game. It, you can take care of that ahead of time and get there well in advance if you need to and you want to. I don't know, acclimate, something like that. So that kind of goes out the window. So it's basically a neutral court game, in my opinion. Four points sounds about right. I pr honestly probably wouldn't bet on the Pelicans, and I'd take, I think, the minus four in this game. You uh, say this is there's not going to be home court advantage in this game, but are you not counting for the 3,800 rabid Toronto Raptors fans that definitely? I didn't even Tampa know Bay they were going to be wow, going to this seems, game. That seems dumb yeah, to let people. It's in a very there, bad but, um... idea. I hate it. It's stupid. But they're going to have fans. Uh, God, it just makes me want to throw they, up. So, I hate so it. they're going to put in <laughs> neutral fans into this game, right? That's what this is. I'm assuming well, there aren't very there aren't 3,800 Raptors fans that live in Tampa. Well, just to actually, guess, maybe that's a Florida, bad assumption. Yeah, Florida is the home of many uh, a, an expat for sure. I, I think, uh, you know, whenever like the Maple Leafs play in Tampa or in Florida uh, or in like, Miami or whatever, like they usually get pretty much 50% or more of the crowd being okay. Toronto fans. And so I could see it being pretty heavy. Raptors fans travel well, probably even during a pandemic because okay. uh, they're insane. I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, it's probably going to be Raptors leaning or it'll be disaffected Magic fans who are very easily swayed to being it Raptors be fans because the Magic are depressing as hell. Um, keep keep so. in mind that Zion, though, draws people. You know, this when the Pelicans were on the road, people turned out to watch him play. So if it's, say mm -hmm. it's neutral fans, I wonder how many are they going to be there to, like, cheer on Zion and watch Zion do, like, very Zion things, which I think you'll see in this. Because I do think he's pretty healthy. I think there's no minutes restriction or any restriction on him, which you know, excites the hell out of me, basically. Uh, so I wonder if that's not going to be a huge factor. Like, I don't know. Like, everyone's, I, I know I'm not being a good a good podcast host and hot takey here, but it's like, <laughs> how are you supposed to judge anything right now? Yeah. That's the same to all this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, my take on this is that this is among the more depressing conversations I've ever had. There's the take. Uh, talking about what the 3,800 Tampa Bay Raptors fans are going to uh, do to sway the outcome of the game. Uh, it's just, uh, what a world we're living in, man. I think the Raptors uh, are going to win in cover, too. I, I think, yeah. I'm thinking back to the games against the Pelicans last year. Uh, the season opener, which is a weird uh, coincidence, this is happening twice in a row. Uh, Elton and John then, had to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> uh there was that and then there was a game like two weeks in where the raptors won and i remember pascal siakam yep. had two of his better games of the entire season in those games i think he had 30 or 34 on opening night and then i think he had almost 40 or might he might have had 40 or a career high of whatever it was uh i think yeah maybe 44 now that i'm thinking yeah about it, I, I think it was game, something yeah. like that Okay, yeah, because uh, that was the game where Kyle and, and Serge both got hurt in the first quarter, and then Pascal had to do everything. I remember that now. Um, so and so, I don't really know if the Pelicans have anyone to guard Pascal Siakam. Like it's kind of a feast or famine thing with Pascal, where there's like eight guys in the league who are very good at guarding him, and if he's playing one of them, it might be a tough night. But usually, if it's one of the other teams that does not have someone who's equipped to stop him, he can kind of go off and have his own way. And I kind of think it'll be more that side of the ledger in this game. I, I just, it feels like a matchup that Pascal can exploit a little bit. Uh, and I'm very curious how 
Kyle Lowry holds up because typically Drew Holiday used to put him in handcuffs in this matchup. Yep. And now it's Eric Bledsoe, who is a good defender, but not quite the same imposing size mismatch that Holiday was on Lowry. And so I, uh, I feel like they're a little bit more equipped for the matchup in that regard as well. No, that makes sense. And, you know, Bledsoe is a very different type of player than Drew is. He might be like 80% of Drew, which I think is pretty good to get in return for for Holiday. But no, certainly not the same size. Doesn't quite have the same kind of strength and things like that, too. I, I'm curious. The, the Siaka matchup is going to be interesting. They brought in Steven Adams to maybe try and neutralize some of that, though. I don't know if that's the, the type of guy that necessarily shuts him down. And when you look at this Pelicans team early last season, no, there was no Zion in that. There was no Derek Favors, I don't think, was fully healthy either at that time. And that can kind of mm-hmm. be a bit of an issue. So you're adding an actual defensive center here. And Zion, I'm not I'm not expecting much from him defensively. But one thing he's been able to do in preseason, which grain of salt, is get people in foul trouble when you try and defend him because they're using him in a variety of different ways to get him going downhill a little bit more. And at that point, good luck trying to stop him without fouling him. He's that skilled. If he can get Siakam in foul trouble, maybe it neutralizes the effect he has on this game and allows Mm -hmm. both him and Brandon Ingram to feast at the free throw line a little bit. That's probably how the Pelicans are going to need to win this. The defense may be 50-50. Like, I don't think it's going to be that good. I don't think it'll be as bad as last year. It'll be improved. But if you don't stop Siakam and maybe get him in foul trouble, yeah, it could all be for naught. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. I love the Pelicans. King Cake Baby is my favorite athlete, so I uh, I have a special spot in my heart for the Pelicans. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to uh, following the Pelicans all season long and looking forward, Jake, to listening to Locked On Pelicans because you do a wonderful job with that podcast. So big thank you to Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors coming on to preview tonight's game with me. Enjoy the game tonight. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Be back with you bright and early tomorrow morning to break down the Pelicans' opening night game.